Uh, my name is Jason Lowen. I'm the strategy pastor here. Uh, Shay, as he mentioned, is uh, at Riza getting ready for, or actually they're probably right in the middle of their church service right now. So super, super exciting to be able to be here uh, and share this message with you guys this morning. We, we are in week two of this series called Mastermind. This, this idea of we, we change your thinking, we change your life. Uh, I, I'd love to get us started this morning with a little bit of audience participation. You, you guys okay with that? Yeah, all right, cool, thanks. Okay, so here, here, here's what I want to know. How many of you would say, and, and this might be a little bit embarrassing, but I'll participate right along with you guys, so we're all in this together, we're family here, right? How many of you would say that, that you sometimes make decisions that seem like they maybe make no sense and are sometimes incredibly irrational? Anyone, anyone? I got two hands up, right? Yeah, most of us. My wife was here in first service and raised a hand for me. I had three hands up. It's great. Um, you know, like maybe maybe found yourself in a place where, you're in financial trouble and you're like, oh, man, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I get out of this? And so you do what comes naturally, you buy another accessory for your truck, right? right? Isn't that what everyone does? Or buy another gun, right? I mean, we're in Northern Michigan, should buy another one, right? Um, or go on a shopping spree on Amazon. You got seven or eight boxes coming through Prime. It's great, right? And you feel totally justified, but it makes no sense. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you set a New Year's resolution. I got, this year, I'm going to lose weight. And, uh, and you're like, okay, you know, go on this diet, it'd be great. Um, and then on January 5th, someone brings a box of Donna's donuts into the office and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know what? I know, I know. I'm going to stay. I, I'm just going to crack a corner off of that one donut, just a nutty donut, just a little bit. It's nuts. It's basically protein. And then you eat the whole dozen, right? I mean, whoo, that one's gone. Oh, or you, you know, you know uh, that you've done something wrong and you should apologize, but you just don't. Or we know that we should take responsibility for ourselves and our actions, but instead we do the opposite. Or, or when we know that what we know what we should do, when we know what is right, but instead we do what's easy. Why? Like, why do we do this? Why, why do we so often do the opposite of what is right? Why do we so often do the opposite of what is best for us, of what is best for our loved ones? And, and it it makes no sense. Like, why do we do that? And yet, this is so often where we find ourselves. Uh, la- last week, Shay uh, did a fantastic job. He kicked off this series called Mastermind, right? If we change our thinking, we'll change our lives. And he introduced us to this idea that our thoughts are so super powerful uh, and, and that they, they help to shape who we are right now in this moment, but also shape who we will become. And he introduced us to this reality that that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. When he said that last week, that made me a little nervous. Because if this is true, and I, I believe it is, I mean, I, I believe our pastor, right? I, this is true. Um, sometimes these thoughts are not always great, right? Anyone else can relate to that? A little demented thoughts sometimes, right? Um, okay, good. It's not just me. You got one other person. Um, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That, that can be kind of scary. I, I'd encourage you guys, go back, check out uh, last week's message as Shay introduced the series, grumlaw.com slash messages, or you can go to Grumlaw Church, anywhere you grab your podcast and get caught up. You know, for me, for me as, as, I, as I was reflecting on and thinking about last week's message and, and processing what Shay said, what really stood out to me uh, was the time during the message where Shay gave us just a few moments to to begin thinking about what are some of those thoughts? Like what are, what are some of those thoughts that are you know, in our minds? Do we tend to be more of like a person who's characterized by being worried 
or peaceful? And he said, hey, rate yourself on a scale of one to five. Are you more worried or peaceful? Right. And he said, oh, do, do, you, do you tend to think about things that are more like here and now, like right here in this world right now, or are your thoughts more characterized by the eternal and by, by what, where our thoughts are leading us? Basically asking ourselves this question, like, are we excited about our strongest thought? Right? Because if our lives are headed in the direction of our strongest thought, then 10 years from now, 10 years from now, we become what we are most concerned about right now. Does that excite us or terrify us? Uh, I, I know for me, uh, in, in these last six months, uh, God has really been like chipping away at my, at my thought life, specifically in regards to how I like verbally state my priorities and making sure that they line up with reality. Anyone else know what I'm, know what I'm talking about? Like we verbally say like, hey, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm a generous person, but if someone were to peek at your bank account, like, bro, I, maybe you're stingy. Like, do, are your verbally stated priorities matching reality? Or we say, man, like, yeah, Jesus is the most important person in my life. But then if we look at the way we spend our time, it's like, well, the only time I really engage with Jesus is when I'm here on a Sunday morning. So, so for me, as, I was, as I'm trying to process through this, for me at times, it can be difficult to find balance in my life. Now, it, I, I, got, I got home remodeling projects that I'm doing for other people. Uh, we have, I have a honey, I say we, I have a honey-do list that feels like it's a mile long, right? Any, any other homeowners out there with a wife that's got projects? Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but I also want to be a great pastor here at Gromlaw for you guys. I, uh, we're getting ready to launch Union Church. Uh, I want to be like a great daddy to my three young kids. I want to be an amazing husband to my beautiful wife. And in the midst of all this, it would be so incredibly easy for me to become overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going on. To, to allow the urgency of the projects the important work of leading at church and the priority of leading at home, it'd be really easy for all of these things to get really mixed up. And honestly, like there, there have been times where it has gotten, it has gotten really messed up uh, and had to, had to work my way back and figure out how to realign those priorities. And, and so, so as I'm processing all this, thinking about last week's message uh, and, and realizing, man, these are lessons that God's been teaching me for the last several years and, and really chipping away in the last couple of months. And then about a month and a half ago as a staff, we started going through this book uh, by John Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, and as we've been reading and thinking and processing through this, like it's been super convicting for me personally, uh, just that sometimes I allow the busyness of my life to be an excuse or a reason to allow the most important things to be disregarded. And, and that, that if, if this is true, then if I allow the thought of I'm too busy or I'm so busy, if I allow that to become my strongest thought, then it will destroy my marriage my family, and I will be an awful pastor. And so what, I, what I've come to realize is that when I start using words like, you know, people are like, hey, how, how's it going? You guys know those like kind of 
cliche responses. When I start hearing myself say, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just super busy or I'm so busy. Or if someone asks me, hey, how are things going? They say, well, I'm just too busy. When I start hearing myself say that, I know, I know that my priorities are going to start getting out of whack. Maybe they already are. So I got all this stuff that God's been working on me. Uh, and then several months ago, Shay asked, hey, would you be willing to preach on March 1st? And so a couple weeks ago, I started looking into this message series and trying to figure out, like, hey, God, like, what, what is it that you want me to say? Man, I tell you what, this, this series, Mastermind, it, it has put some great language, some super concise words to the lessons that God's been teaching me. And, and then last week, as Shay introduced this idea that we need to take our thoughts captive. We need to take our thoughts captive and then speak truth over those areas of our lives. Kind of like what the Apostle Paul says, that we, we need to demolish these strongholds. And isn't, isn't that what busyness is? At least for me, it's, it's, it's a stronghold in my life. It's an excuse, it's a reason to neglect the things that are most important. So, so I, started, I started to really dig in to this message, into this series, uh, and specifically then into what this guy, the Apostle Paul, had to say on the subject. And, and it's awesome because as Paul is writing throughout his letters, he's super vulnerable about the stuff that's going on in his mind, about the strongholds uh, that he's been struggling with. But then, but then he gives us some very, very practical ways for us, to become a for us to become a master of our minds. That, that if we change our thinking, we'll change our lives. Uh, in, in case you're not familiar, this guy Paul, uh, he, he's the author of more than like half of the books in the New Testament. Uh, now, the Apostle Paul, he never really started off uh, as the Apostle Paul. Like, he wasn't born into this like great preacher guy. He was actually, when, when he started off, he was Saul of Tarsus. That's where, that's where we get introduced to this guy. He was this like religious fireball who was set out to destroy the church, to eliminate Jesus' followers by any means necessary, imprisonment or death, it didn't matter. He was gonna wipe out the church. But then God got a hold of his life and, and Paul Saul became Paul, and he became one of the greatest church starters. He became one of the greatest Jesus followers, pastors, leaders, and preachers of all time. But because of that, he suffered. He suffered because he was a Jesus follower. Paul was, was beaten, stoned, uh, he, he was tortured, and he was imprisoned. And, and, and while he was in a Roman prison, while he was in a Roman prison, he wrote this letter to one of the churches that he helped start, uh, in the city of Philippi, and so he cleverly titled this letter Philippians. And I don't know about you guys, but in thinking about all that Paul went through, and the fact that he's now sitting in a, in a Roman prison, writing this letter to these people that he loves, like, if I were in his shoes, I might begin to get a little bit cynical or critical of my current circumstance. I mean, it, it would have it made a lot of sense, right? Uh, maybe even to warn some of these Jesus followers in Philippi, okay, like, let's, let's just back it off a little bit. Let's take a little bit easy on this whole Jesus follower thing. But instead, let's, let's take a look at how Paul actually responds. I'm glad he doesn't respond like I would. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And in, in light of all that Paul is going through, uh, him, I mean, there's, there's so much in here that we want to unpack this morning. Would you allow me to pray for you, for us, uh, that, that we might hear from God this morning? Let's pray. Jesus, I, I thank you that you allowed Paul to go through the things that he did, that he, might, that he might instruct, teach, encourage, guide us so that we might know how to change our thinking so that we might change our lives, so we might know how to identify these strongholds in our lives. So God, I just pray that this morning, that you might guide my words, that you might open our hearts, that we might hear from you so that we could experience the freedom that you want us to experience. Amen. So, so here, here's a guy, Paul, right? He's, he's a guy facing some pretty awful circumstances, but, but what he's experiencing, it's not just like a once and done sort of a thing. It, it's been like several years of Paul being like tortured, being thrown out of city after city, being mistreated. Uh, I mean, he's constantly been facing some, some awful things and settling disputes. I mean, it's, those are all bad stuff. But at the same time, like, Paul also saw hundreds, maybe even thousands of people whose lives were eternally and forever changed because of the good news and the hope of Jesus. And so, so after all of this stuff, both, both the good and the bad, it would have been really easy for Paul to, to maybe start believing some lies. So to maybe start believing things that aren't, aren't quite true. And, and may, maybe as I walk through some of these things, you know, I've been processing, like, what, how would I have responded if I were in Paul's shoes? May, maybe you'll start hearing some of the things that you've heard in your own mind. Things like this. Paul, it's, it's not worth it. Like, do you, Paul, do you even see the circumstances? Do you even know that, like, what, what's going on right now? It's not, it's not worth it. Paul you, Paul, you deserve a break. Paul, you, you, you've been pouring your heart out. You've been pouring your life out. You've invested in so many people. You deserve a break. Paul, you don't deserve to be treated this way. And I, can just, I can just hear that lie being like rattling around in his brain. Paul, you don't deserve to be treated this way. You, you have given everything to the church, to these people. Paul, Jesus owes you. He owes you maybe like a, a vacation in Mexico at least, like for seven or eight days. Not, not, not time in prison. Like you've poured everything out. Jesus owes you. People, people should be more grateful. Paul, you, you've done so much to serve so many people. They should be more grateful. They should help you out. But, but instead, instead of believing those things, he rejects all these lies. It, and, and I believe that what he writes down in Philippians 4.8 is as much for us, but, but I think it's also for him. I think Paul also writes these things down, writes down these words for himself so that he might begin training his own mind, right? And that's what he says. He says, one final thing. One final thing. Uh, 
I know pastors say that at times, teachers say that. It's like one final, hey, if you forget everything else that I've said, here's one thing I want you to remember. This is something that is so super important. This is, this is like true north, a guiding principle that you can align your entire life according to this one final thing. He goes on, he says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Be, become so consumed by, by these thoughts meditate on the, and this isn't like a like new agey sort of meditation where you like empty your mind, right? No, this is, this is a fill your mind. This, this is a get focused on. Guys, if you want healing, if you want freedom, if you want wholeness, if you want to experience the life that Jesus intends for you to experience, fix your thoughts, meditate on, Focus on, think deeply about the right sorts of things. You know, there, there's a, it's kind of like, you know, training your mind. Just, just like when you train your body, like in a gym, right? We got the, the gym right there. Um, you know, if, if, there's guys in there uh, that, you know, that are doing bench press and doing curls and, and maybe like, okay, like I, I want to join a gym. I, I want to I make my body better. If, if you were to go into the gym, like sign up for membership this afternoon, and uh, for one week, we're to go in there and like, you know, bench press and do some arm curls and uh, maybe hit the treadmill for one week. And then you like give up. Like the only thing that, will, that you would have actually benefited, well, is you would just be really sore. <laughs> That's it, right? You would just be really sore. It wouldn't actually change anything, right? Uh, I think in the, in the same way, um, so uh, several years ago, uh, Laura and I, um, through the course of the summer, I'm pretty sure that we hit the ice cream junction like every single day <laughs> in the summer. Uh, some of the best ice cream in Davison, by the way. Um, but we, uh, we were like, man, we, we've, we've got we to start losing some weight. Like this, this really, really isn't good. Um, and so like the, the keto diet had just, had just come out, you know, kind of this new fad and dieting. I'm sure it had been around a while, but we started gaining some traction on, on the old Instagram. And so we're like, okay, well, let's, let's try and figure this out. I mean, how bad could it be, right? You get to eat extra butter and bacon, right? Like, sounds good to me. Let's go for it. So it was, it was like several days in. I'm starting to like detox from sugar, which means I'm getting all kinds of headaches and I'm kind of a grump. And I'm like, this isn't worth it. How much weight have I lost? I gained four pounds. Oh yeah, no kidding, dummy. You ate all kinds of extra butter and bacon. What'd you think was gonna happen? But, but if you were to go on the keto diet for like 90 days straight, you, you begin to see some results because you're, you're training your body. And in the same way, this is what Paul is saying. You gotta, you gotta fix your thoughts. Begin training your mind to think differently. So, so fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things, things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If we wanna become a master of our minds, then we've got to begin to train our minds. We literally have to rewire our brains so that, so that we might think differently, so that when we face hardships, when we, when we face those strongholds, when we're confronted with the lie that has been holding us hostage, we begin to think differently. When, when we're up against that stronghold, that thing that is keeping us from freedom, well, think differently. And that's what Paul is trying to do here. He's trying to give us 
the key, the key to being able to do this. I, it's, it's focusing on truth, focusing on what is true and honorable, hey, focusing on what is true, what is true about you, what is true about what God says about you, what is true about what God says about himself. Uh, one of Jesus's very best friends, this guy named John, uh, John records a, a conversation with Jesus. He records something that he heard Jesus say, and uh, it's this, John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, free from the stronghold, free from the lie that's been holding you hostage, free to be who God created you to be. But, but it all starts, it all starts with us becoming a master of our mind, of changing the way we think, changing your thinking so you can change your life. Okay, so let's, uh, let's kind of dive in here. Let's get pretty practical. Like how? How do we do this? She introduced a couple questions last week, like how do I identify the lie? And then how do I demolish the stronghold with truth? And so of those questions that Shay introduced last week, if they've been kind of rattling around in your brains or as I've been sharing already this morning, you're like, okay, that sounds good. I want that freedom. Like, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Uh, let, me, let me summarize it this way. And this comes from, I think, a truth that, that Paul says in, in, uh, in Philippians 4.8. He says, you write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. You write it, you think it, you confess it until you believe it. This is the pattern from Philippians 4.8. You gotta identify the lie that's been holding you hostage. It has to start there. For me, it's that lie, I'm too busy. Too bu busy, yeah, but we're all busy, right? I need to make sure that I'm never too busy to prioritize daily time with Jesus. I need to make sure that I'm never too busy to prioritize time with Laura or time with my kids. I, I, I need to make sure that I'm never too busy to prioritize the things that are most important. So that's what that is for me. I had, I had to identify that. I had to name it. I had to call it out. What is it for you? What's, what's that lie that's been holding you hostage? that's been preventing you from experiencing freedom. Where are you believing something that's just not true? So maybe for you, it's that you feel like you're not good enough. You're always gonna struggle financially. Or, or that you're a relational mess. Or, or that you're just gonna screw it up. Or that you're always gonna be overweight. Or you're just an anxious person. Or you've only ever known depression. What's that lie? What's that lie that's been holding you hostage? And I don't think we need to linger here very long because I, I can only imagine as, as we're confronting kind of our own minds with these concepts that something, maybe it was one of these, maybe it was something else entirely, that something rose to the surface and you're like, that, that's a lie. That's the lie that's been holding me hostage. So we're going to spend the remainder of our time answering this question. What truth demolishes that stronghold? Because we have to figure out what that is, right? We want to we we identify what that is, and we're going to write it. We're going to think about it. We're going to confess it until we believe it. So what truth demolishes that stronghold? So for me, I first, as I said, I first had to identify what that lie was, that lie that I'm too busy, that when I start like interacting with people, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just too busy. 
That, that's that cue for me that that lie is beginning to rise up in my mind and is going to start becoming the strongest thought in my life. Going to start derailing my life. So I had to identify that lie. Then I had to find, I had to find the truth that demolishes that lie. And I tell you what, the best place, the best place to look for truth is in this book. Maybe not, this is mine. This is my Bible. Don't, you, you can have your own. There's lots of free ones in the back. Um, to, to look in this, this 60, this is what this is. It's a 66 book love letter written from our Father in heaven to you so that you might know truth, so that you might experience freedom, so that you might know the life that God wants you to have. And in this book, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. In this, we, we read about the life of Jesus. And there are so many stories uh, about Jesus that, that he would wake up exceptionally early to go and spend time with his Father in heaven because he knew he was going to have a busy slam, pa- slam day. Or, or, or things during the day got so carried away and he just needed time to like, process what happened. So he sometimes would even stay up all night long just to spend time with his Father in heaven to make sure that he maintained that priority relationship with his Father in heaven. But, but we also see that, that when he was with people, he would be 100% present with the people that he was with. That, that he would not allow the urgent requests uh, of others around him to distract him from being present with the people that were right in front of him. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking like, man, Jesus, he literally had the most important job in the entire universe. I mean, his, his whole mission, his job was to come here to earth, live a perfect life so that when he died, his death would be a sufficient sacrifice for you and for me. So that anyone, anyone who would simply believe, who would say, God, I trust you. I trust what Jesus did was sufficient for me. So that everyone who places their faith, their trust in Jesus and in him alone might experience life, both here and now, but also forever. He literally came to save all of mankind to pay our sin debt. And if he wasn't too busy for the most important things, then I shouldn't be either. I shouldn't be either. Uh, Pastor Marty, he was uh, the pastor at the church that I worked at when I was living in Chicago. I was a youth pastor there back in 2007. Uh, and, and he had something written up uh, on, like, right above the doorframe of his office. And, and, and as I've been reflecting on this, th- this has been, like, a truth that has really, like, demolished that stronghold of busyness in my life and, and helped me in the same way that, that Jesus maintained those priorities. This has helped be something that's refocused my mind on it is is this if you're too busy to pray then you're busier than God wants you to be man I was like that 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 has been so helpful over the years and and after I got you know married and then had kids it's man if, if you're too busy for Laura you're busier than God wants you to be or if you're too busy for your kids, you're busier than God wants you to be. I can tell you what, 10 years from now, I can guarantee you that I won't regret spending extra time with Laura or with my kids or with Jesus. You know, versus maybe getting an extra project done. Like, I won't even remember those projects. But neglecting my kids or neglecting my wife, I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> I probably won't even remember those projects. Like just, or, or, or spending 
extra hours polishing one of these messages instead of taking my wife out on a date? Like, not good. Not good. So what's that for you? What's, what's that lie that's holding you hostage? It's time for us to begin to train our minds differently. Maybe, maybe for you, it's an addiction. Maybe it's substances or pornography or shopping. Name it. Write it down, right? Confess it. Confess it until you believe it. And so this is it. This is that lie, right? This, this is that truth that will break you free from that lie. I am not a prisoner to that addiction. I have the power of Christ in me and I can overcome that thing that has haunted me. You gotta write it down. You gotta think it. You gotta confess it until you believe it. So this isn't just a one-time thing. Just like you can't do like five arm curls and you're gonna look like Jason Miller, right? I mean, big old arm. Like it's not gonna happen. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta write it down. You gotta think about it. You gotta confess it until you believe it. I am not a prisoner to that addiction. I have the power of Christ in me and I can overcome that thing that has haunted me. Maybe for you, it's finances, just being so overrun with debt and you feel so chained to those credit cards. Or, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe your mind, you're being consumed with this, this image or with the collection of possessions. You gotta name it. You gotta write it down. You gotta confess it until you believe it. I am not what I buy. My God is a great provider. He will meet all of my needs. I will be a blessing to others. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. In doing this, this is how we train our minds. This is how we train our minds. As Shay talked about last week, there is actually scientific and biblical proof that when we do this, when we fix our thoughts on a truth like this, that we're actually creating brand new neurological pathways we are, we are literally rewiring our brains to think different thoughts so, so that when we're confronted with these strongholds, as we've been training our minds, we will think differently. And when we change our thinking, we will change our lives. God, guys, there's, there's power in the word of God, in the truths that we find in these scriptures. And when we allow these powerful truths to change our thinking, our lives will change as a result. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Let's train our minds with the most powerful truths. Maybe, maybe for you though, you, you, lie, you lie awake at night and you're wondering, you're, you're, you're worrying. You're just, you feel so filled with anxiety. You're a hostage to your fears. What, what do you do? Like, what do you do in that moment when you're just so gripped but whatever has you concerned. You're gonna, you're gonna train your mind to think differently. You, you've gotta write it down. First, it starts with identifying that lie and then naming that truth. And here's what that truth is. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on him because he cares for me. I have the peace of God that dwells in my heart and ruling my mind. You gotta, you gotta write it you got to think it. you got to confess it until you believe it. Make this thought your strongest thought. If, if this became true of you, wouldn't this be a future you could be excited about? Right? Can I get an amen to that? That's a future you can be excited about. Amen? Amen. amen. Maybe you feel like, I, I have a hard time making decisions. 
I'm afraid I'm just going to mess it all up. Declare it. Write it. That's the lie that's holding you hostage. And here's the truth that will demolish that stronghold. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Maybe you lack confidence. Maybe you feel like I'm never gonna be good enough. I, I could never possibly measure up. Declare it, write it down. Train your mind to identify that lie that the moment that that thought pops into your head is like, that's the lie, that's the lie, that's the lie. And then claim the truth that will demolish this awful stronghold. And here's what it is, here's what it is. My confidence is in Christ and in him alone because his spirit lives in me. I can do all things he has called me to do. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. This is how you train your mind. You're literally becoming a master of your mind. You're changing your thinking. And as a result, you're gonna change your life. You're creating a future that you can be incredibly excited about. Uh, in, in just a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be praying for us. I'm gonna be praying over us that, 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 we, might, that we might identify the lie and then that we might name that truth that demolishes that stronghold. I'm gonna pray that this, that these truths become our strongest thoughts. Uh, And and so after I pray, just kind of let you know what's gonna happen. After I pray, there's gonna be a video that's gonna be played on the screen. As soon as this video is over, I I want all of you guys to get your phone out. Okay, you can even get it out now if you want. It won't offend me. Get, get your phone out, and I want you to open up your phone during this video. I want you to open up a note or someplace that you can like, jot some things down. And there's two things that I want you to do. We're going to start doing this right now. Two things I want you to do. First, you need, I, want, I want you to identify the stronghold. So you can just write at the top, like, stronghold. And what is that? It might take you just like one second. Maybe you already know what that is. Maybe God's already brought that to the surface of your mind. Write that down. And then the second thing, name the truth that demolishes this stronghold. And let's, let's allow God to tell us what that truth is. To tell us what that truth is. And then we're gonna, we're gonna begin writing it, right? We're gonna, we're gonna write it. And we're gonna think about it. And we're gonna confess it until you believe it. And maybe for some of us, maybe for some of us, it's like, man, like this lie that's been holding me hostage, it's, it's had its grip on me for so many years. For so many years. You're gonna need to do it over and over and over again. So, I want, I want you to do this. I want you to set alarms. I want you to actually train your mind. Set alarms. And, and you can even do that while this video is playing. Go into your, 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 your clock, set your alarms. Maybe it's every hour on, on the hour. It, put it on vibrate so you, know, you don't deserve your class, deserve your class or your, your coworkers. But every hour on the hour to train your mind. And you're gonna open up that note and you're gonna write that truth again. And then the next hour, you're gonna write it again. And you're gonna write it and think about it and confess it until you believe it. You're gonna, you're gonna speak that truth out loud until you believe what you're saying. You're, you're gonna write it. You're gonna think about it. You're gonna confess it until you believe it. May, may that truth become your strongest thought.